Welcome and thank you for visiting the Straight Talk Podcast. We're talking wealth, finance, real estate. We're coming from a tell it like it is, keep it simple, help me understand, and give it to me straight approach. I'm Greg Coward, a guy who's been working on the front lines of finance and real estate now for 20 years. We're going to help you save money, point you in the right direction, keep it fun and keep it real. Thanks for joining. Let's roll. And we are live. All right, here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for 20 minutes of your life. Hopefully I'm getting you to point from point A to point B in a car, maybe in your ears while you mow the grass. Who knows, maybe a run. But either way, just want to say thank you. Uh, this is Greg Cowart, and you're joining us on the Straight Talk podcast where we talk about wealth, real estate, and all things money because it all comes together. Once again, I mean, the wealthiest folks here, in our country have a huge foundation or the really the crux of their wealth is in real estate. So uh, we try to talk straight and honor your 20 minutes you're going to spend with us. And uh, let's kick it off. I am sitting across um, from a gentleman I've known for well over a decade. And we're probably going 11, 12 years now yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, and the topic of today's bright podcast I have not come up with. But I have to come up with something clever. Hmm. So we'll, maybe we can do that. Maybe it'll happen organically. Leading your way to success. Yeah, good, good. All right, and that's it. You just nailed it. Yeah. Uh, the mystery guest, um, we're going to talk about leadership. Fun and, conversation. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking as I mentally came through here that leadership, because uh, one of the things is, but I don't, I don't lead others, and I think you do. I think all of us do. I think I was thinking about relationship leadership, mm -hmm. self-leadership, mm -hmm. leadership of your family. All day long. So um, so I wanted to ask my favorite leader in uh, our space that you and I work in, which is a space of real estate, to come hang out with us. John Pace. Thank you for having me, Greg. Welcome. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's fun. Is this uh, your first time doing a podcast? First podcast. I've listened to thousands and thousands of them, but never been on the microphone. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great um, vehicle for yeah. um, really listening, you know, not not the written word or not the video and just, just hearing the audio too. And I have to say, you have quite a mellow radio voice. Well, well I appreciate that. Sound a little raspy to myself right now. I no, you sound on. great. So uh, let's tell the, let's tell, uh, so we're going to talk about leadership today. And I, mm -hmm. I've loved having a front row seat to watching our, we have complimentary businesses. I help I people finance a home. You help people buy homes. You're Correct. a real estate agent. Endless homes. teams. Endless. Thank you. And um, it's been a fun ride to watch you strengthen your team, yourself, your leadership, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Who, who are you? What do you, tell me about yourself. Oh God, I didn't prepare for, for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So John Pace, um, owned the Pace Richmond group. We've been in business for 18 years with Keller Williams Realty. Um, we've got a team of 15 people now, mm -hmm. um, four full-time admin and, uh, the rest are agents and, uh, 15. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and agents in different capacities as well. And we can talk about that if we want to go into that piece. But um, it's been a lot of fun. And it, I've been, you know, alongside you, we've been growing our businesses side by side, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. The fun thing is I've been slowly firing myself from job after job after job mm -hmm. along mm -hmm. the way and getting comfortable with that role. Because um, there's some ego tied into owning your own business and growing your own company and all that kind of thing. Mm hmm um, but I've also quickly realized that there's a lot of people out there who are much better at certain things than I am, and I need to get them 
in their spot and get me out of that spot so we can grow this and impact more people. And you've done it. We're doing it. You're, yeah, well, that's, that's great. It's such a fluid process that leadership and growth, you know, it's, it's one step forward, two steps back a lot of days. I don't know if you feel that way. Sometimes it's three steps forward, and times it's one step forward, five steps back. Yeah. I mean, there's been some times, I know you've been through this, like you, all of a sudden you think you have it figured out, and then the rug's pulled out from underneath you, and you got to start over again. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's by choice. Sometimes it's by necessity. Um, but those are also the greatest gifts that you can get because the, the, there was a reason that was happening. Whether it was your choice, whether it was your fault, or the person you hired, but at the end of the day, it's always my fault when I hire someone. I brought them on. That's so good. Yeah. So, okay. uh, I, and I'm, I'm going to make a ding noise. Ding. And, <laughs> and I, that's organic, what I, what I just thought of, because you're going to say nuggets, and I love the one you just said. Let me spit it back to you. When there's issues on the team, it's likely that I am somewhat either the primary cause or a factor in causing the issue. And first I should reflect on my leadership. Did I hear you right? Yes. With the caveat that if you are the one solely responsible for hiring people on the team, then yes, you are 100% responsible for that hire. They're, they're the good and the bad of that hire. So once again, if you now have a, a team and the team is now hiring, you're leading the team and letting them fail forward. So at that point now you're indirectly responsible. And are you doing that? Yeah. So people get hired and you're not even a key f- key role in the hiring? Key role, I would say no. Secondary role for sure. That's pretty cool. It is. I mean, Jessica hires her own talent for the operations side. That's pretty cool. And so um, I'm an advisor along the way, but she runs the show front to back when it comes to hiring. Do, do you feel like, uh, true or false on this statement, employee performance and employee failure is most often a, f- a function of management? Yes and no. I mean, it's also a function of the person that you've hired and whether they're capable to do the job. But that circles back to them, why did you hire them? Correct. If they're not capable. Correct. So it, you know you know how we hire. We, you know, we do at least five interviews before we bring someone on the team. Usually it's six, seven, or eight interviews. Ding. And the reason is, and you know this, is because I want to, to, I want to get to know this person so well that I know they will succeed. I also want to make sure they're a culture fit for us, and I also want to make sure that they feel they're the, we're the right fit for them. And a lot of times with our interview process, is that it's a master unveiling of this person. Like we're 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 not filleting them, but we're opening them up. We're really getting inside their head, mm-hmm. and they're learning about themselves along the way. And we had one amazing hire. Um, at the very last second, who said, thanks, but no thanks. You actually helped me figure out what I want to do with my life. That's crazy. And it wasn't this. That's crazy. I mean, what a great gift for her. Yeah. I thought I knew. Yes. And she went completely 180 the other way. And thank grateful for us because I would hate to have her 6, 12, two year, months in or two years in. And then she goes, oh, I got to do something different. Why not do it now? Let's go. So it's wow. a really fun process for us to go through and to start to uncover who they are, where they want to be, what they want to do when they grow up, or, you know, I always say when you grow up, I don't care what age you are, you're always growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's painful in some respects, because we'll tell someone, listen, we're going to interview between five and eight times, and you have to be patient with us if you really want this opportunity. It's going to take three, four, six weeks to complete. Yeah. And we've had people bow out halfway through, which is great. 
And by the way, you're doing that for only 250K your positions. No, I'm doing that for $50,000. That's right. Positions. That's kind of where I was going. It may be even less. And you interview them all the same. All the same. Now, there are certain nuances for the role that's going to be a little different, but big yeah. picture, yeah, it's the same, same roadmap. And we've been really fortunate to align with a company that teaches us how to do that. And that's you know building a team. I'm actually part of a bigger team if you think about it. You know, mm -hmm. I have my own team of 15, but I'm also part of a team of 200,000. That's right. And so I get to learn from those people. I'm in a company that is very sharing with information yep. and where they've won and where they've failed. So I get to learn at an accelerated rate so I can make less mistakes along the way. Mm. And then my teammates get to do the same thing. They get to grow their businesses and learn along the way, but they get to like learn from my mistakes. All right, we'll go with the third ding, ding. Okay. So let's review. Uh, ding one, I am responsible for my employees and their success and struggles will be a function of how well I lead them. Fair? All day long. Okay. Number two, if you are going to lead spend a lot of time and a lot of energy in choosing the people for your team. You almost cannot spend enough time because the bad hire costs you indefinitely more time than hiring correctly. And it costs you a ton of money. Ton of money. Absolutely. Because time is money. And how often do we get to six months and you know it's not right and you think I have to stick with this because I've got so much time invested. Or... I feel guilty for bringing them along and they mm -hmm. quit a different job to come to this oh, one. Oh yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. That guilt of the awareness of they're now on, they're in, but they're not the right person. Now keep in mind, if you're noticing it, they're probably mm. noticing it as well. Yep. And the, the worst thing you could do is keep someone on, I've done this, keep someone on when you know they shouldn't and you're both miserable along the way. They're trying to make you happy. You're trying to make them happy. It's a very dysfunctional relationship. I have done that, my mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I have done have. that, my man. I, all right. Third thing, um, you're a student. You, you are a teacher, but you're also a student. And you're a student of people who know more than you and are able to tell you how to be a leader, how to hire. And you're humble to know that you don't know it all. You can't. Number one. Number two, the day you stop learning, the business is going to die. No That's one's right. going to follow you because you, you're stagnant at this point. And I never got into this to be a leader, if you will. And you probably did not either. But along the way, we realized that to grow this or to and to have the life that we want to have, we have to share responsibilities and roles and grow this. Um, yeah, I never thought I'd be the owner of a 15-person team. Doing millions of dollars of business. Yeah. How, what's the number? Uh, volume will do 64, 65 million in volume. In real estate sales. Yeah. 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 We're, we're closing in on 2 million in GCI. Um, 2 million in just revenue flowing through. Yeah. That's just commission revenue. That's commission revenue. That's There's other potential revenues that come through mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Now, of course, that's before expenses, but yes. Yeah. And you started doing this how long ago? 2005. When I, when, when I thought real estate always went up. <laughs> I didn't realize there were corrections in real estate. So 20 years. Yeah. And you know, I, we, we do this podcast not to be specific to real estate or mortgage fields that we work in. Yeah. You could be a hot dog guy with your first hot dog cart. You could be uh, HVAC tech. Mm -hmm. I have another example of somebody who was a Montessori teacher and said, you know what? I, I can hire teachers better than the way this place is and started a business where she hires Montessori teachers. I mean, there's no, 
Leadership doesn't need to look a certain way. It's not a big tower and a skyscraper and some man or woman with a huge desk. We're leading all over, and these lessons that you're sharing are ap- applicable to any business or it's profession. A, it's business is business. That's right. It's just what are you going to be doing to bring the money in the front door? But business is business. And, and business is a people. I mean, I've heard the quote, business is easy, people are hard. Mm. And with anything that you're doing, you have to, one, find the customers, right? If you don't have the customers or you don't have the thing that people need from you, they're not going to buy anything from you. So what's the, what are you building out? And you get really good at that piece. And you realize that there's only you actually have better use of your time in some areas than others, so you leverage off the parts that you shouldn't be doing to focus on the income-producing ones, and then get really good at leveraging and scaling and growing it. And what I get really clear with some people when they're talking about building a team is I, I go around and I teach in different offices, and I'll say, you know, why do you want to build a team? And a team can be literally you and one person. That's right. Or a team can be you and 200,000. That's right. When you look at the org chart of a team that's like five people versus an org chart of like 200,000, the initial five people are the same. It's just scaled. Yeah, so it all looks the same. It really does. At the start. first five. Yeah. Very, very similar. Um, it's just their skill set is very different and their skill level is very different. So you you go around and talk about building a team. Yes. And some of these little dings we're, we're hitting today. You, you, you speak about these. Yeah. Um, you... You're a believer in coaching. All day long. Not down, but also up and being a student and you have a coach. I have a coach uh, and my two directors also have coaches that I pay for for them to have. So the coach is coached and the people you're coaching are also coached. Your employees also are coached. By me and by a professional. How long have you been doing that? Um, Year, year and a half now. Has, do you, how important has having your top team members be coached? themselves is that a immensely important couple reasons one they feel that i value them i value them so much i'm willing to put money into their growth huge number two the person that's coaching them also coaches other people and that person has insight that i might have blind spots for that's really good and so they're getting a different viewpoint of it and that's those it's the conversations at the end of the day of us coming together and say, what did you learn? What did I learn? How do we put this together? What were we missing? Who were we? Usually it's a who. Who are we missing for this? Who are we missing for that? And those coaches are invaluable. Um, what was it? Brian Vaffini, because I used to be coached by his company, mentioned that you should have 3 to 5% of your income in education. Huge. Huge amount. And coaching is part of that part. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Why are, you just, are you trying to be independent and learn it yourself and I'm going to go it alone? Or are you going to really sit down with people who've done it before you and mm-hmm. ask vulnerable questions? Meaning, I don't know the answer. Can you walk me through this? Mm-hmm. I feel silly asking this question. It should be a no-brainer. And, and, but at the end of the day, I, mean, I could only build this company so far. I have a natural ceiling of achievement. And for us to grow, I've got to bring in other people who see things differently and bigger or better or whatever way. And we, now we can go faster and with less mistakes because it's not just me. Yeah, there's so much here. I mean, but if you didn't hire these expensive people, you'd make more money. I would have a ceiling on how much money I can make. Thank you. 
That's a, that's right. I mean, right. no. Ding. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could go from working 40 hours to 50 to 80 to a hundred to 120 hours a week, but am I really living my life? Yeah. You know, the whole thing, why, why do we work? What's the point of working? It's not to go to work. It's to live the life that you want to live and to fund the life that you want to have. And if you wake up one day and look back and go, man, I worked crazy for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, or the number was, and you look back and you have no memories other than work. Yeah. Was it the five regrets of the diving? Was it that book that was written? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you can't take it with you when you go. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just read a book, die with zero mm. that the owner of our, my company, um, said, read this book. Um, by the way, good plug. I mean, it literally is about calculating how much money you need to get through your life and then making decisions based on that. Cause it turns out you might not need as much, need as much money as you think. Yeah. I mean, I was coaching a team member today and this person has very big goals for next year. Very big goal. I said, great, I want, to see the, I want to see the financial map of what you're trying to put together here. Uh, let's make sure the numbers make sense. Also, make sure you have a backup plan if this doesn't work. And I want to see what your life looks like as you're building this out. I want to see what your plan is for mm, you, that's really good. your loved ones, your vacation. I want to see this whole thing mapped out because what I don't want you doing is hitting your number goal and not hitting your life goal. Yeah. I mean, these, I get to see these people work for you. They're just so fortunate. And you weren't always this way. No, we were, I was horrible. Tell me more about that. Well, just I didn't know what I didn't know. So when when we're when you're in the pain of growth, right? You're you're we'll use real estate for the example, right? You're out there showing homes to buyers, you're out there listing homes with sellers, you're handling all the marketing, you're handling trying to find the next client acquisition piece. I mean, you're you're stretched thin. Yeah. You want to get rid of the pain. And so what do you do? You talk to one person one time and you bring them on the team and you think this is going to be the salvation for my business. That's right. And then you realize you completely have messed things up. And now you're working twice as hard because you're having to lead someone who's not leadable. Yeah. And doesn't have the skill set you thought they had. And now you're having to let them go and go through that pain and then start all over so again. Painful. The entire time that you're still doing the same things that you were doing before. So the, the getting through the pain um, – or I should say maybe working through that, like living in that pain and not trying to get rid of it and saying, okay, I'm going to go find someone while I'm still sitting here doing all of this. Now I have to add this and learn how to interview and find the right person. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you and I know this. I got to talk. I got to get at least 100 resumes yeah, yeah. in the door to make sure I get three that I really want to talk to to get one that I want to hire. Yeah, and not, or not to mention you have to reach out to people. You have to reach out to your, you know, well, how are you going to do that? What's the marketing piece? Mm -hmm. And what is the, I, I know, uh, what is the process for applying <clears throat> and really building your application process? Now, I know this about you. You've hired companies to hire for you. We did. We were in such a growth mode. We, we had 40% growth year over year for three years straight. Unsust I mean, that not doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. And, and we did not have the time. So we found someone that, a, a company that's affiliated with our parent company. Um, that has a skill set to go and get a much, they actually did a national search for us. Wow. And it's funny when we're starting off, we don't think that our businesses are worthy sometimes. Yeah. Or I'm not worthy to have That's a right. national search or someone who's that talented come work with us. Um, but that was a game changer. Like we, we did that when we were hiring for our transaction coordinator. When we have Teresa who's out of Ohio works exclusively for us, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever it might be. Um, and she's in Ohio. 
living the life that she wants and mm-hmm. she's talent and we figure out how to make it work. But we had to find her in Ohio. We couldn't find it here where we are mm-hmm. currently. Um, yeah, as I'm listening to you, I've gotten to see it the whole way through. I mean, I think I knew you when you were a single agent. Or at least you and one. It, I think it was one, and then by the time you split off and went somewhere else, we had four. So and I've it, seen it small. It, wasn't, it, didn't, it, it was an interesting four. But it sounds good right now, and but it hasn't always looked as pretty as it looks, right? It looks really pretty, John. Yeah, but I wish you could see the, the mess I made along the way. Yeah. yeah it, it is, and that's time on task. I mean, I've been, my first hire was in 2009. Okay. And I think Jessica was my ninth hire for that position. The ninth hire for that role. Yeah, which tells you that I wasn't slowing down to learn early on. Yeah. And then I finally said, okay, this is enough. I got to figure this out. So, dear listener, you know, if you're going to hire the $15 an hour or the $150,000 an hour, please take your time. You and I are both notoriously slow hires, and we could probably yeah. do an entire podcast on why you should hire slow. Correct. Uh, I feel like my the applicant, it takes them a third or fourth face-to-face interview before I even can see who's in front of me. There's so agree. much posturing, and uh, I mean, I find the long interview process just wears them out. And, and now you're able to really have them talk to you authentically versus the first interview. Yeah, we're dating. I mean, the first date you go on with nah, you know, well someone, right? And that person is like, I mean, your, your first date, you're putting all the stops out to make yourself look as good as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. And so is the other person. Yeah. And after a while, you start to let your guard down. You yeah. start to act and you start to say certain things you wouldn't normally say. Yeah. And so I need that. And, and these interviews are anywhere between an hour and two hours each. Yeah. But the best part, one of my favorite things we do is like towards the end, if, we've, if you know, we're in a good relationship, relationships building the way we want it to, is now I'm starting to sit down with them and say, okay, this is great. You know, I, I like you. You seem to like me. Let's talk about five years. <laughs> it's Where five, are you going? It's five years from now, and we're sitting at this table five years from today, and I'm going to ask you how have things been, and you're going to say, John, it's been amazing. Yeah. Great. What does that look like? What does five years look like? And let's go through your career quadrant. Let's go through your financial money quadrant. Let's go through your family quadrant, if that's important to you. Let's go through what's, you know, what is Greg that makes Greg tick quadrant? I want to see what five years looks like. I want to see if you can think big. I want to see if you are willing to grow. Be vulnerable. And vulnerable. Most people cry during that interview. Yeah. It's a very emotional conversation. Yeah. I mean, first of all, so thank you. We, we've just been, we're, we're in Richmond, Virginia. I drove by, I counted them four cranes as I drove here. And we're in a really up and coming hot town and we've had the market completely shift on the financing side. Yes. So rates will be going down and it should be a very busy two years and I'm going to have to hire. And even as I sit here, as much as I know, and as many mistakes as I've made, it, the, the desire to fix the pain quickly and not go slow. I'm even listening to you being like, I've got to go even slower. I mean, you and I are both testers of applicants separate mm-hmm. from just our gut. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's one thing we would advise. Do you agree? Test, yes. Testing? Well, testing depends on what you're hiring for. Like if I'm hiring for administrative work, I, I put roadblocks up all the way along. I want to see how they work through those roadblocks. Salespeople are a different breed. Yeah. They, they work differently. So I'm going to have different conversations and maybe different roadblocks, but just more of, I want to see, I want to look back and say, you know, in middle school, they had a paper out. 
in high school, they worked at three different places. I want to see what is the growth path of them constantly working through problems mm-hmm. versus sitting and waiting. You know, my, my, one of my favorite books from Dr. Seuss, Oh, the Places Will Go, mm-hmm. and they talk about the waiting place. There's a lot of people that just sit and wait for life to happen. And for us to really, really take care of our clients and take care of each other, I need people who aren't waiting. They're pushing. They want more. And they want to do it ethically and in a culture fit. And that's actually, we need to talk about culture. Um, but in a culture that aligns with our values and we're actually a good fit for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking for that. And I'm thinking about some people and some hiring issues I've had and even still currently some performance issues. And, and this idea of saying, what do you want in the next three to five years? And then looking back at, at their choices over the past 10 and mm-hmm. saying, are is these the choices that a person makes who's in this position? Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, hiring's hard. It is, and like everything else, it gets easier. That's right. Because you put time on to the task. The more you do it. So now I can sit down with somebody in five minutes and going, there's something here. Mm, this is good. Or there's not something here, and I really got to dig why I'm feeling that way. But the pain of bad hiring, why wouldn't, rather than taking the path you, you had, if I had to listen to this and I'm building my first, second, or third mm-hmm. hire, why wouldn't I go surrender to someone who's a pro in hiring? There's benefits and negatives to, to that. The benefit is it allows you to go faster. It would. It make fewer a, mistakes. A bigger spread. The negative is I'm not imprinting my baby bird on me, if you will. Meaning they get to know the person interviewing. They don't get to know me. They don't get to know their direct report yet. Oh, that's good. So, for example, we might have them go through the first two or three interviews with this company. And then I cut them off and I take over for the last two. And then I sit down with them and I say, hey, I'm glad you got to meet with so-and-so at this company. Um, you know who I am. I've been watching you this entire time, but you never get to talk to me. So let's take a step back and start over again. Mm-hmm. And tell me about yourself. And then I want you to ask me any questions. And we start to get to – we have a first date, mm-hmm. even though I'm on date four. That's right. You on, didn't have to do They're the on first date three. one with me. So there's yeah. a really good – got to make sure if you're going to do that, you can't abdicate this. You've really got to stay in the game. But you can leverage a lot of the stuff. So, for example, you know, if we are hiring for administrative and there's some roadblocks, did they follow the roadblocks? And if they did, great. They get to move on to interview two. If they didn't, they're out. That, that's real. And I don't have to do that part. They, that yeah, I've been taught that make your hiring process a maze such that the kind of person you want will navigate the maze in the right way. That that was heavy. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about leadership today, and this is skewed all the way towards hiring, and it's stayed in hiring the right people, the right people in the right seats is where you and I have spent most of our conversation today. Correct. And I think you also agree the right people who stay with you stay with you because you don't stop training them the day they hired. Was, you, didn't, you didn't set it up and then say, Great, I'm out of here. You got it. I'll check in next year. Like you're like weekly, you're having weekly 30-minute meetings. You're checking in. How are things going? Where are you going? And what we do every year is we go back to that last interview, and we do it all over again every single year for every person on the team. You do. And you, I want you to talk about this, uh, take your entire team offline for multiple days mm-hmm. in November, October to talk about reflection on the prior year and where we're going next year. That's a lot of time you're spending. It is. That first one in October is all about them. Like what is their vision for the next one to five years? What do they want? We do We do actually vision boards, you know, cut the little pieces of you know pictures out and put them on paper and then start creating a, a story of what we want to look like. I have to know that. If I know what they want, 
then I can lead and coach with that goal in mind. Because what someone on the team might wants is different than what I want, but how the vehicle we use to get there is the same. Our business is the same vehicle to get there. Mm-hmm. So we use that, and then we go off for an offsite for a business as a group, as a team together. All of us get together one day offsite, and then we start building what is our plan for each of us to be successful so as a team we can all be successful together. And, and, and that's lifestyle. That's income. They literally choose their income and work it backwards towards Correct. how does their behavior look to get that income. Correct. And that, that's not just salespeople. That's also administrative Absolutely. operations. Because and you have can, overseas employees who are doing the exact same thing. Yes. Because you and I both have some offshore employees right now. Yeah. But you treat them the exact same. Exact same way. Same amount of time. And you're, one of yours has been with you for how long? Hazel has been with us for three years now. Yeah. It she's, turns, she's indispensable. She's incredible. It turns out that the beauty of doing all this work, because if I'm listening, I'm like, dude, this is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know I want three hot dog stands, but I don't have time to hire the, to do this kind of interviewing. But the other beauty of hiring the right people is that you don't, they stay with you. They do. And you actually, you start to go to a path that I want to touch on really quickly is building a team may not be for you. Mm-hmm. So if you can find the right team that has the right values and culture fit and, and, lead, and runs the way you would want to run it, go join the team and save yourself three to five, six years of pain and exp- of growth good. and just jump in with them. As long as you have a common alignment, if you will, yeah, then do it. You and I this morning were talk, listening to a professional franchiser, and I immediately thought of, well, wait, wait, rather than make my own hot dog stand, why don't I go find a company that's already thought of how to make hot dog stands and go work for them? Bingo. Well, well they may take 10% of my profit, but God, think about how much money and how many mistakes we've made. Well, 10% of a couple hundred thousand dollars or 10% of nothing or 0% of nothing. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. So I think you and I probably both started our teams because we couldn't find a team that did things the way we wanted them Absolutely. to. Absolutely. There's right? such a lack of leadership out there. Yeah. So you and I, I we, we had no choice for us to grow. We had to become leaders. We had to fill this vacuum for us and then grow into it. But if if there was another Greg Coward out there doing what Greg Coward does, which you have just said, you know what, I'm going to jump on this bed. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Imagine the time, pain, and really income I would have made and time and pain saved if I would have found a me at year 20. I mean, yes. I mean, for us, an agent joins us. That person walks in the door, has four full-time assistants working for them. Yeah. 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 Right? Perfectly trained. Not perfect. You know, well-trained. Extremely well-trained. And they've got the whole back-end system built out. They get to jump into a system. They don't have to figure yeah, it out. John, if I do it on my own, I keep 100%. And if I do it for you, you mm-hmm. take 20 30 40%. Yeah. But I can I can double or triple what you're capable you of doing. You certainly can. And I we've can got to, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, the, I, the Pareto principle, 80, the 80-20 rule, right? I want you in your 20%. Give me the 80%. We'll take care of all the 80 and you crush that 20. And you get 80% of your money shows up because of the 20. I, I had one of your employees come to one of my goal planning, and he took it over. <laughs> he's, he's brand took, new. Relatively he's brand new. brand new. What's his age? Uh, he is 22. And he took over my goal planning with enthusiasm of all y'all have done and was sp- uh, like like a, a car spinning laps around people sitting on the infield just watching him to a point where he is even not only did he know his metrics but he brought his vision board in his vision boards in my office and guess where he took it down from i think you know this 
when he, where did he, where did he put his vision board? It wasn't her office, wasn't it? He, he is going to put it in his room. I don't know if he has. I mean, I currently have it, so it's not in his room. But my point being, he's so fired up and so laser dialed in, thanks to you, your leadership, the leadership of your organization, which has taught you to lead, the coaches who've made you who you are today, the 15 years of stubbing your toe. And this young man at age 22 is so dialed in and fired up about his future that he's putting it on beside his bed so when he wakes up, he stays focused on his goals for 2024. Now, I want to be clear. You're being very nice to me. However, Seth and Jessica, my director of operations, director of sales, ran 90% of those meetings. Mm. And 90% of what, what, what the agents and operations were feeling and it got to experience. It wasn't me. It was those two. But so, it, was you, it, it was you who hired them? It was. And it's you who's bright enough to pay coaches to coach your top folks? Correct. Really and all your friends. and they can see a path of where they want to go in the next five years. Yeah. So, John, I mean, let, we'll we'll wrap this up. I um, a lot of dings for me and listener. This is getting John in front of me. John Pace in front of me is for me. This is a selfish um, podcast, right? Because um, I mean, here we are. I'm going into next year. Uh, I don't care if you sell hot dogs or run a lawn, landscaping business. Um, the times change, the industries all change, mm-hmm. the environment in which we run our businesses in. I mean, this who, who moved my cheese is is constant in all, all businesses, especially ours in working in real estate. And, you know, I think as I sit across from you, and I hope listener can feel it, is the humility um, that you have. I mean, I love how you deflect, but this your path has kept you humble. Mm, thanks. I, I've seen too many in our world, there's a lot of ego. Yeah, in our line of work, there's a lot of ego. There is a lot of ego, and and I, I when we bring people into the team, and very nice of you to say, by the way, our goal is to build their business alongside mine. So I'm very clear that this is not an ego trip for me. This is not your your a minion mm-hmm. in my world to make me look as good as possible. Good. I yep. really want them to have. I mean, all of our agents have S corps. They have their own incor- companies alongside ours. That's right. They're just we're we're an interdependent model, if you will. They're not independent. They're not doing their own thing and just checking once in a while. They're not fully dependent where I give them everything. They're building their business and leveraging us to help them grow their business. And that's really fun. Let me let me leave with this one. So I you know I run a copy company. I make copies, make yeah. signs. Mm-hmm. Do is it okay to hire the whole person? What do you mean by hiring the whole I mean, person? Uh, can I just pay someone fifteen dollars an hour to come in here and have them come in and leave? Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do I really do? Do I really need to invest this much in my employees? Depends on what your goal is. I mean, yes. I mean, if, if your goal is like, I'm going to have a, a, a business that gets me by, and and by the way, everyone's business is needs to reflect what they want for their life, mm-hmm. right? So maybe it is a hourly fifteen dollar an hour person, and that gives them the leverage they need to have the life they want. And they don't want to grow it anymore, and the business is fine. That's, that's good. That's great. That's, that's good. good. So, I, yeah, because some people think they have to build a massive business to be recognized or to have success, and you don't. I mean, in, in our world, the most uh, dollar-efficient business is two agents and two administrative hires, and that's the best dollar per hour you're going to see. Best ROI. All day long. Because over than that, it gets expensive. It gets expensive. And under that, it's not maximized. Correct. Wow. Your company literally could define 
here's the sweet spot. That is exactly the sweet spot. And it's but a it, highly leveraged place. But it's hard not to grow beyond that. You, well, then you're, you're always working. Oh. Everyone's always working. Yeah. And you don't have any redundancy. Oh my gosh, so-and-so got sick. Who has to pick up the slack? Well, this person's already busy doing this over here. Here, here. Now I have to layer up on top. So yes. having that, uh, rather than going wide, going deep with people who know the skill sets of the people next to them that can jump in and help on it as needed. Um, is, is, and, of course, we, everyone goes on vacation. We want everyone to go on vacation. Yeah, it's so, so true. Now you have coverage within the team to do things, and everyone gets to enjoy their life. And actually, agents are – realtors are notorious for going on vacation and working. I mean, I did that for the first seven years. I worked every vacation. Yeah. Every vacation. And you, I know you did as well. Yeah. And now I'd be able to go to the, have the point where I can go three, four weeks a year, and I literally can unplug, and I can make the choice to jump back in if I need to. Mm-hmm. But I can walk away for four weeks, yeah, and really unplug. It's yeah. it's a gift for me, and it's a gift for the people that we work with. My my most recent coach made me take a month off and come back and say, "Watch this fall apart, and you'll know you'll know how it goes." And and it didn't. That would it me. didn't. And I did. I didn't. I, I literally went out of the country for almost thirty days. Did you? And uh, and it worked. And um, that was that was pretty cool. But that certainly has come at the cost of 20 years of learning of how to lead others. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm okay with being a leader, meaning being involved in my employees' lives Mm -hmm. and leading the whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't think it has to be that way, but, um, in our types of industries where we're sales industries and it's complex and hard, hard, I, I just had an employee review this morning where she struggled in the past year. And it, when you get down to it, it's it's her, her life, what's going on in her life. And so we all know that work performance is affected by how someone's doing as a whole person. All too long. And, and I, I've always felt like, you know, if I really want to maximize the performance of my employees at work, I, I'm a leader of their whole person. And um, I, I, I don't, I totally respect someone who disagrees with that or chooses not to go there, but um, it, it has done my business well. It's done turnover well. And mm-hmm. being, I mean, I think employee turnover is the biggest threat to my business. Oh, all day long. I mean, you're, you're putting so much time and effort, I mean, literally time and time and time and time into these people to get them to a point where they're effective for you and effective for the client. Yeah. And then to lose them six, nine, 12 months later and just repeat that process over yeah. and over and over versus hiring the right person the first time. And then growing them and having them stay for five to 10 years, if not longer. Yeah. I just thought as you were talking about the economic principle of compounding interest. It, it, it goes with people too. It's with people too. It really is. And the people side is rewarding. I mean, you, I mean, this person you're talking about, so if, if you can lean into them a little bit and give them some guidance and maybe, or just a shoulder to cry on or give a hug, it's rewarding. Yeah. And, and you and I have had tremendous pain of, of getting it wrong and having people leave too. Yes. And I, I think that I, I wish it didn't hurt or I wish it wasn't a, 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 a byproduct of what we're choosing to do. I, I was in a coaching program that literally made a room full of 500 stand up and it said, I will hire, I will fire, I will lay off. I will hire, I will fire, lay off louder. I will hire, I will fire. Because I think a lot of people don't grow in leadership because you're going to inevitably have to fire or separate from mm-hmm. somebody. And that is okay. It's a function of what we do. But I think you've helped me with what are some key ding moments of things I can do to minimize that and really maximizing the compounding interest of not only employee who stays, 
but an employee who grows, not how I want them to grow, but how they want to grow through my organization mm-hmm. by being super careful that there is alignment at the start. I would agree. And one thing we didn't talk about, I think it's really important to talk about as well is, is Greg Cowart clear on what his five-year vision is? Because yeah. if you know where you're going and what you want, then you can bring other people along with you and you say, oh, you want that? I want this too. Let's go ahead and do it together. Um, I think that's one of the problems when you're starting out and you're just so busy. You, you can't see what five years looks like. You can only see what tomorrow looks like. And you know tomorrow is going to be as painful as today was. And that's where we get stuck in just hiring quickly versus yeah. slowing down. Listener, I walked in to John Pace's office, and it was him and his lieutenant sitting there. There's three of you. And it was so crazy what you were doing. You were staffing out your business five and 10 years from now. Yeah. And you had a flow chart with different people as each of your people grew and who would report to them. And you were reverse engineering the type of person who would fit in each of the boxes. Am yes, I correct? You were correct. And we ag- we actually flew to Austin for three days to learn to do that. Think about the money you invested. It was expensive and it was worth every penny. It was, so it was cool. incredible. It was yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And that, that's fun. We have, we have 25 openings on the team in the next five years. Now, which is great for me to know. It's a little scary. <laughs> However, if I sit down with someone really talented – this, you know, this 22-year-old person we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And I can say to this person, listen, we have 25 openings. Where do you want to be in five years? And they can see a path with us. Thank you. Yeah. For where they want to be. I got retention as long as I've earned the right to keep them. Yeah. And I have to keep earning the right to keep them year after year after Well year. said. You've got to earn the right by showing up as their boss. And this is leadership. And if you don't like it, Either do it poorly, mm-hmm. which plenty of people do, or it's also okay to go under someone who understands it and avoid all the knee scraping and elbow banging we've gone through, mm-hmm. or just to choose to be a one-man show or a one-woman show, Which too. is great. You have a really nice business that way. Yeah. You can. It's hard to leverage. It's hard to take time off, but you can do it. And, you know, maybe the my favorite part of this podcast, and thank you so much for coming, is someone being able to hear this before they push their boat off. And knowing the storms that are out in the sea and mm-hmm. making like almost like you talked about the person saying, I don't want to be, I don't want this job anymore. I mean, maybe the person truly by doing the vision work that you're so good at, I mean, you are so good about alignment of vision. Sometimes that vision may clarify you that that direction is not the direction you want to go in. That has happened. But even for a potential leader who's thinking about starting a hot dog stand or a printing company, I mean, it may be that you don't want what you think you want. Mm-hmm. And great. That's wonderful. You figured it out. That's right. But you're never going to figure it out by not trying to do something. Well, and how much has your life been enriched through leading your business over the past 15 years? I can't calculate it. I can't. I absolutely cannot. Yeah. And it's been so fun to watch your personal growth as you've grown people too, because they seem to go hand in hand, don't they? You have to. What's the favorite thing to grow? the? If you want to change the world, grow the person. Yeah, it's a long story. I won't get into it now. But basically, if if you want to make an impact, you have to make yourself better first. You can't fix you can't fix the outside world until you fix Damn. yourself. <laughs> That's you can't. Awesome. It's impossible. I mean, there's so many people. So there are so many people out there just pointing fingers and pointing fingers, but they're actually a hot mess on the inside. Yeah. So don't look at me. I just want them to do something different. Yeah. 
So yeah, we have to get better. It's Michael Jackson. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. That's a great song. Like, uh, not my favorite song, but yeah, yeah sure. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. It's been yeah, a lot of fun. it's I, I could talk to you forever. And listener, thanks for joining us on this route. Um, John, there's going to be real estate agents that listen to this, mm-hmm. and um, I know there will be, and they're going to really get a lot out of this. How does someone talk to you? Um, you can look us on Facebook or Instagram. The Pace of Richmond is our company. Yep. Uh, you can also go online, paceofrichmond.com, or you can reach out to me at john at thepaceofrichmond.com. Wonderful. John with an H. Wonderful. You um, have left such a trail of breadcrumbs of wonderfulness, of painful mistakes and learned lessons. And my hope in film and uh, listening to this podcast is that someone can um, make an educated choice and really avoid a lot of pain through all that you've shared with us today. I appreciate it. And I will also say it's been a lot of fun building partnerships along the way, and you've been very impactful for us and our company. Yeah, win-win exists. All day long. It did exist. Makes it more fun. It does. It does. Well, listener, thanks so much for joining us. This is the uh, Straight Talk Podcast, your host, Greg Cowart. Uh, You can chat with me if you want at justgregcowart.com. Happy to talk with you. Thanks for joining us for another episode, and um, we'll put another one up here in the next couple weeks. And uh, please give me some feedback. What are you hearing that you like? What what would you like to hear that you didn't hear? Um, I think uh, John and I were talking about the idea of buying a building and Mm -hmm. putting a business in a building and talking through the many different benefits of buying a building for your business. So uh, that's a little little forecasting of something that'll come up here soon. Great topic. Yeah. Anything around wealth is a great topic. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Pace. Thanks for having me. Loved having you. See you later. It's been fun. All right. Bye, listeners. Till next time. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I hope it's been time well spent. Do you have questions, topics you'd like to see me cover, want to connect? Just reach out to me, gregcowart.com. Now go make it a great day.